Nga mahi nui mō tēnei mātua. Fathers are special, and Father's Day is special. There is a longing in the heart of nearly every human being to know the love and the affirmation of their father. Something basic stirs inside our souls, often releasing a compelling drive to do whatever we can or ask to gain the approval and the recognition from our dads. Whether it's a small achievement, as a child will say, look, daddy, look. Or wanting him on the sideline of a sports game, or, you know, just cheering us on, attending a performance, or seeing us receive an award or a prize, or his approval for something that we've made or created. We just want a dad's approval. You often hear people say, I just want to make my dad proud. And this doesn't stop when we reach adulthood either. It doesn't even stop when our dad passes away. How often have you heard that somebody even say, well, that would have made your dad proud. You know, it carries on through our life. At a young age, we aspire to be like our dads good or bad, especially if he is present. In the early days, we see our dad through rose-tinted glasses. He's invincible. He's a superman. He's our hero. And many dads, or at least they want to be, they want to be that special person. I know in this room today there are some great dads and granddads, and so probably some great-granddads. I'm one, believe it or not. I've reached that milestone at an early age. Others probably have reached it as well. But we want to succeed, and we want our children to succeed as well. But it's often only when we become a parent that we begin to understand our dad. What he went through as a parent. No training. The first training was the first child. It could have been us, or it could have been our older brother and sister. That's when his training began. And if he had no role model, or no good role model, then he was doing it tough. But the affirmation of a father is so important to our growth, and whether we understand it or not, we actually there's an inner being that yearns for that praise from a dad. You know, Jacob and Esau were twin brothers. You might know the story of it, but to keep it short, you know, when the dad was dying, when Isaac was dying, um, there was the custom to bless the children and give a blessing, and they would start with the older one, and usually the older one got the best blessing. He got, he got the best inheritance as well, usually because he was the older brother. But Jacob, who was the younger of the twins, his mother decided it would be a good idea that he gets the best blessing, and they tricked the father because his eyesight wasn't very good. But the problem was, when, when it was found out, this is what uh, it says in the scripture in Genesis 27. It says, Isaac 
trembled violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came, and I blessed him. And indeed, he will be blessed. So once the blessing was done, he couldn't take it back. It had been spoken out. The word had been spoken. And you know, that can be good and bad. You know, when we speak our words, those words go out. But when Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, me too, my father. He, he realised his blessing had been given away, but he wanted a blessing anyway. But he did it with anguish. So we see from this whole story that the Father's blessing is very important, both in the natural and also in the spiritual. A Father's affirmation or blessing has power more than we probably understand. But the absence of this affirmation can cause great anguish and can derail a child or a teenager's growth and direction. In fact, Esau actually wanted to kill his brother, but he wanted to wait until his father was at least dead before he did that. And Jacob, of course, escaped to another part of the land. You know, there's power, as it says in Proverbs, in the tongue, the power of life and death. And Fathers can speak life or death over their children. And you can possibly think of words that might have been spoken over you. And if it's bad, it takes years to get around it or to get over it. And sometimes we never do. The lack of affirmation, especially in our teenage years, can create a vacuum, causing young people to seek approval from the wrong people. And they go into wrong relationships. They go to the wrong places, and there are many testimonies coming from young men who ended up in gangs because there they, they felt accepted, and that's where they got affirmation. Unfortunately, this lack of affirmation from those who mean the most to us also opens up the door to the actually the enemy who is ever willing to jump right in with lies about God and our Heavenly Father. So our relationship to our Father can also affect our relationship to God, even when we don't know God. If we look at what the devil said to Eve in, in the book of Genesis, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So his lies are designed to separate us from a very loving and generous God. It worked with Adam and Eve. And it's worked ever since. If you think of that, they were in communion with God. And yet his lies opened the door to a separation from God. So if we believe these lies, we begin to see God as a human. And if you relate this to a relationship with the Father, you can see that we think of him as a punisher, as a sulker. 
absent when we actually need him. He doesn't understand us. He doesn't listen. Why would he? I'm dirty. We can never live up to God's high expectations. We just aren't good enough. God is up there and we are down here doing the mahi. These are the lies that the enemy tells us about God through our fathers. Unfortunately, this distortion of the truth not only affects our communication with God, it affects our interactions with those around us. And what I'm not saying is that all good dads are bad. What I'm saying is if there's an absence of truth of actually who God is, then we can see God as our human fathers. When we can't see God for who He is, we don't see ourselves as others, or others, sorry, we don't see ourselves or others as God sees us. Now Paul says in Ephesians, even before he made the world, so if we can grasp this, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. So in a sense he's saying, through Christ you look very good to me. I don't see what you see. I see you through Christ. And that is very good. God decided in advance, as it says there, to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So, almost in my introduction, I've said we can see God through the veil of our relationships with our dads, good or bad. But what the scripture is saying is, before we were born, before dad was born, before granddad was born, God decided that it would be good to have you on the earth. Now, I was going to put up a picture, but I thought it would be a little bit gory, but of all these eggs and and um, being fertilized, let's say, in the human body. So we know there's thousands and all that going on, but God actually orchestrated one egg to meet with one sperm, and you were created. How about that? He didn't look sort of shake it all around and say, okay, close my eyes, I'll pick one. He ordained years before that you would be born. It was his good pleasure. So if we go right back to that, his desire for us to be there, living in a relationship with him, bypasses our dad, bypasses our granddad. We just had to go through that process to get to where we are now. Are you with me? You weren't born by chance. It's no chance in it at all. It was ordained before the creation of the world. It's a lovely thought. The moment we say, Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. Please forgive me. Come into my life as Lord and Saviour. 
The moment we say this from our heart, we adopted as sons and daughters into God's family. It says in Psalms 18.10, He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me. Because why? Say it. Say that word out. Say it. Because He delighted in me. He rescued me because He delighted in me. Warts and all. The Father rescued us from our old life because He delights in us. He is not way up there just tolerating us and putting up with us. He loves us and delights in us. And it's not because we read one, two, three chapters a day. It's not because we pray a lot or attend all the prayer meetings or that we serve here and there. And that all those are good. He loves us full stop, no matter what. And in Romans 8, it tells us nothing can separate us from that love. Nothing. You know, it even says that not even death can separate him from his love. Now that must be hard. If you think of his loved ones going to hell, that's hard for a father. If you've ever read the book Divine Revelation of Hell where Mary Baxter is taken at least 30 or 40 times into hell and she writes the book of the story of what hell is like and the Lord takes her down there and they meet different ones that have died of course and now in hell and there's weeping down there and it's, Jesus is very sad because there are people his people, his creation are in hell he doesn't want anybody to go there there are people down there with bitterness and unforgiveness and all sorts of other sin that has separated them from God. And they see Jesus there. And they say, now, now I'll forgive. And he says it's too late. And then they curse and they swear at him. You know, it's hard. It says in Isaiah, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Some versions talk about that he'll hold us in the palm of his hand. If you can imagine that, God holding you, you've got to imagine it in a sense. You've got to say, God holds me in the palm of his hand, and he loves me tremendously. There are many scriptures like this that show our Heavenly Father's intent. His intent is always good. Our part is to believe this and walk or rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Once we have the revelation of who our Heavenly Father is, then we can live as sons and daughters of the beloved King. I don't know if you've ever seen those videos um, that pop up on Facebook or Messenger or something, somebody's posted a video of somebody who's just received adoption. It's usually in the American system. They, they, the, the kids are 
unwrapping a, a present and then there's the certificate to say they've received adoption. Anybody seen one of those ones? It's just, it's a tearjerker, really. The kids are just so thankful and they cry and they hug each other and it's just such a warming, this, this child that's been brought up and finally they were in a family and the families decide to adopt them. And some of you may have been adopted. And it's just the joy when, when the, these parents love them enough to adopt them and they cry. And I think to myself, did I do that when God adopted me? Did I just come to the front and say, yes, Jesus come into my heart. I was given some pamphlets, you know, and I got on with life. Did anybody here just, you know, weep because God had adopted us? Do we have that revelation that the King of Kings actually adopted us? We were, we were orphans, but now we're not. <clears throat> I want that revelation more and more. So we need to tear down the stronghold of the old mindset. We need to break free from the lies of the enemy. We actually need spiritual healing. So in a sense this morning, I just felt I'd like to speak to those who might have had a bad dad. And I know many of us have had good dads, but I want to speak to those who've had a bad dad. He did things that he shouldn't have. He was absent or just didn't care. He didn't mean things or spoke hurtful words. His behavior was thoughtless. Or even he was abusive in tone. Or he physically abused you. He cut you off from his love. He may be still alive and you have, may have put things right or maybe you haven't had that conversation yet. You may have moved on and he may have even passed away but it still hurts. But I want to ask on his behalf today for, his, for your forgiveness. What he did was wrong. It was unacceptable. It was hurtful and demeaning. He should have known better and it shouldn't have happened. But it did happen and caused hurt. But I want to see you set free from any bondage it may hold over you. I don't want you bound by grief. I don't want you bound by bitterness. And I don't want you bound by unforgiveness. God wants to heal your heart. God wants to heal the damage that has been done. God wants you to be your heavenly father. And he wants to restore you this morning. Can I this morning stand in the gap for that bad dad and ask for your forgiveness? Can you choose to forgive? I just want everybody to close their eyes. Some of you will be thinking of a, a great dad, but others of you, he wasn't great.
I was your dad now, and I, I want to ask you to forgive me. I should have known better. I shouldn't have put you through that. And I don't fully understand why I did it. And I don't fully understand your hurt. But I want to ask you to forgive. I was in a position of authority. And you were only wanting to please me. So please forgive me. Please choose to forgive me. And in time I know that you will be healed. I know it's your choice to choose to forgive or not. But I ask for it this morning. Release me, release yourself bondage that it holds over both of us. And as a pastor now, I just pray that those that have been hurt, Lord, please heal them from the innermost heart, their innermost being. We break any chain of bitterness. We break any chain of bondage and we break any chain of unforgiveness right now by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and I just have that picture of two cages two beautiful songbirds in cages and by your choice to forgive that door has opened to that cage and it is released but it's also opened the other cage and set the other bird free as well. Lord, your word says there is healing in your wings. And I just pray that you will just heal those wounds this morning, this Father's Day, in your precious name. You know, when I ask God what to say and what to preach and what to come, I don't find it easy. I spend hours, you know, on hearing and wanting to do what God wants to say. And it's not easy crying up here. But the Father's heart, He hears, He sees, He delights in you. Men want to be tough. I want to be tough. But when you're standing in the presence of God, He's a very, very loving God. And we need to get right down here so that we finish well and end up up there. Amen? So, forgive me. Malachi tells us, you know, at the end of Malachi, 
chapters, 400 years before the book of Matthew comes along. But at the end of Malachi, it's, it's saying things like this. Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evil doer will be stubble. And the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch shall be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays, or healing in its wings. And you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. If you've ever seen a, an animal going out into new pasture, even bison, I saw a video of a bison, the tough wild animals going out into new pasture, they, they frolic. And it's a picture of us when we get to heaven. But many won't be going there. But it then says, See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Do we want that? Do we want that? We do, don't we? We want to see that change. We don't want to see our children going to hell. We don't want to see our fathers going to hell. And some of you this morning have released your father. You've opened a, a cage that the enemy had him in. And I'm believing for great things. Paul says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have yet taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me. There's some stuff we need to forget. There's some stuff we need to let go. There's some stuff we do need to keep. We need to remember that some bad stuff we need to remember. Your parents will tell you not to touch a hot stove or a hot fire. It doesn't mean anything to you until you've touched it. Now you know what hot is. Right? You need to remember those sorts of things so you don't keep getting burnt. But there's some stuff, like cans following behind a just married car, that you just that are clanging along behind you that you just need to cut off and enjoy that honeymoon with the Lord and with everybody else. God is not made in man's image. You realize that? God is not made in man's image. He's not made in our image. We are made in His image. And He desires that we take on His nature, His characteristics. Jesus told His disciples in John 14, If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. You know, if Jesus was insecure, that would have to rock you. 
He's just spent three years with them. And he says to them, if you really know me, you'll know my father. But Philip's not satisfied. He says, just show us the father and we'll be happy. Jesus was quite good when he answered, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. The importance for us is to know that they're one. And when we see Jesus, we see the Father. And when we see the Father, we see the, the Lord Jesus Christ as well. To seek after the Lord Jesus Christ. To read the Gospels. To hunger to know what He's like. To know His personality and His character. And that's not to say the rest of the Bible doesn't do that. But the Gospels put the spotlight on Jesus Christ. And it shows us the Father. And it's not through human eyes. It's through God's eyes. And we get a picture of who the Father is. Many times, many people have not seen the Father for who He is because of their relationships with man and men and fathers here on earth. And then you hear people bad-mouthing God. And I just feel that they just simply don't know him. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus prayed these words. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known to them. In order that the love that you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Isn't that lovely? The Lord is praying for us that the love of God will be in us and He'll continue to do that work in us. This is why reading the Bible is so helpful. You know, psalm after psalm tells us the wonder of God, the majesty, the beauty of God. And King David was so good at this. And you know that says... You've heard that verse that he was a man after God's own heart, wasn't he? Does anybody know when that was actually said? What that's talking today was about David. It's a man after God's own heart. But that's actually the first reference of David, apart from his birth. So that was said as a teenager. So David was a man after God's own heart as a teenager. Before he was actually anointed with oil. So God saw his heart. And he came into the kingdom. I was fascinated by that. I thought well, by reading all the Psalms, you know, God had, that David had come to a place where he was a man after God's own heart. But right from an early stage, that's where he saw his heart. How precious it is to look after our young people and bring them to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen.
It says there in Psalm 139, For you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. How often do we think about the way we think about God, and we forget about the way He thinks about us. I want you this morning, as we come to a close here, to say, Dad, you're doing a great job, but you've got a heavenly Dad that loves you to bits. And He wanted you, and He wants to walk with you, and He wants to work through you. And He'll be there for you forever. Amen? Amen. Let's just uh, stand. Let's just stretch. I just want to pray. Let's just close your eyes. Lord Philip said, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. It was an innermost desire to know the Father. And Lord, we want to stir up that desire in us to know you and to fully know you. We thank you for our dads. Without them, we wouldn't have been here, good or bad. We just wouldn't have been here. And if they don't know you, Lord, if our dad or our granddad does not know you, we just pray for them today. We just ask that you will touch them, those that have been set free, those that we've forgiven, mighty God, that your hand will be upon them, and that they will never, they will not lose salvation, mighty God, that they will come to you. Help us, mighty God, to be the children of God, the children that you want us to be. Help us to walk in your ways, reflecting you, Lord, because you love us so much. And let us become great role models for our children and our children's children. Help us to speak words of affirmation. Help us to encourage our children. And help us to forgive quickly those who have wronged us. Lord, on this happy, on this Father's Day, Lord, help us to celebrate with freedom. We pray in your precious name.